Bench Racing Radio. Bench Racing Radio. The podcast with your hosts, Eric Gio and Anthony Leake. Hello, everybody. Uh, Eric here, just uh, coming at you with a, a special episode with uh, Derek Miller of APTN's Friday Night Thunder TV series. Uh, really fun interview here for you. Um, Anthony's not with us today. He's been just working a ridiculous schedule lately, trying to get Lake of the Woods Speedway up and running. They're having their season opener here this weekend, so uh, hats off to him. He's done a great job. The facility looks awesome, and I'm really excited for them to get that kicked off. And racing's opening up everywhere. It's uh, it's looking fantastic. So, really positive times. Um, yeah, this is a this was a really uh, really great interview. It was the timing of it is uh, is kind of odd. You know, we were we recorded this just as the whole uh, you know the, the graves of the 215 uh, children as that was being discovered out in Kamloops. And uh, it's you know since taken on that number just continued to grow and it's just this. It's massive, uh, terrible thing. Um, I don't want to get too uh, political here, but I, I just do want to just implore everyone to, to educate themselves on that matter and just uh, you know continue to learn. I think education and acknowledging uh, what happened uh, is is key. It's the first step here towards uh, moving forward. And I guess I I got to backtrack a little bit there. You know, there's nothing political about this. These are these are facts. Um, it's something that happened, and uh, we need to acknowledge it. And I'd be remiss in not saying at least something about it here. Um, but uh, you know, uh, this is a great opportunity for us to have a, a chat with a, a member of this uh, uh, indigenous community who have just built this awesome track and awesome community out in Ontario, and they're all racing together, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome. So I think this is a fun look into what they're doing down there at Oshweekend, and. Uh, it's uh, pretty enjoyable. I think you guys will like it. We had a really great, great interview here. It was uh, super fun. Um, we'll be uh, trying to bring these to you here as much as we can throughout the summer. Uh, obviously, it'll be hit and miss, but uh, we'll see what we can do to bring you some stuff here in, in July and August. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, Friday Night Thunder, it's uh, Friday nights on APTN. It's also available on their streaming service if you have that. And uh, it's a really cool show. It's definitely worth checking out. It's like a drive to survive for sprint cars here in Canada. It's, uh, it's really neat. So, uh, yeah, without much further ado, let's, uh, let's get into it. Our next guest on Bench Racing Radio comes to us from Six Nations, Ontario. After starting out racing motocross and spending about 10 seasons racing cars, this character has been racing sprint cars at Oshwigan Speedway and has also a, uh, a star on the uh, Friday Night Thunder series on APTN. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Derek Miller. How's it going, Derek? Right on. Yeah, right on. Great to be here, everyone. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're uh, we're excited to have you. This should be should be really cool. Uh, what? Uh, let's get started with uh, with the history, your background. Where, where are you originally from? Is Six Nations where you call home? Yeah, Six Nations of the Grand River uh, Mohawk Territory, located in southern Ontario, about maybe half of an hour from Hamilton, southwest of Hamilton there. Um, yeah, I grew up here, born and raised. It's a pretty cool spot and uh, just happened to get one of the best uh, uh, dirt tracks in, in the country 
uh, with the Shui and Speedway down the road from uh, from our shop. <laughs> hey, it's literally around the corner. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, it's uh, so much of it is just where you're, you know, where you're from, where you. Uh, it, it's something that was that was close to you when you, you know, you you're growing up or whatever, and you you go and check it out, and you just become hooked. What was what was your introduction to the sport? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, Glenn Styers was. Uh, um getting it going uh maybe 25 years ago and uh, i was pursuing a music career but i knew glenn through his uncle jerry and uh i just always would see glenn racing his sprint car and 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 having fun and i always knew glenn growing up and and knew about him but uh yeah if it wasn't for for him uh, a lot of people wouldn't be racing these cars down on Six Nations. I mean, he's he's just brought a, a whole um, lifestyle, a whole another thing to the to the community, and it's it's a great gathering place and and a great spot to bring family and and yeah, dirt track racing is such a such a family sport and and such a, a great thing. Uh, it's so uh, so fun. So yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, no, it, it really is, and the just the the community that that comes with it, you know, it um, you, you can't you can't uh, replicate that very easily. That you know, that group of all the all the racers where you'll you'll go out there and you'll you'll be fighting with somebody on the track, but you'll help them fix their car after, and you'll drink a beer with them after the race. You know, you guys, yeah, it's uh, really really that, cool. That strong sense of community is uh, is a pretty pretty huge part of it i think which is really yes unique to the sport so very cool yeah definitely so you touched on your music career there for a second oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um i've been i've started playing music when i was like 13 and uh eventually managed to win a couple juno awards uh for music and um yeah i mean Iggy Pop is a big fan. I didn't really know that until he was saying stuff about me on some TV show or something, and that was pretty wild. <laughs> uh, hearing Iggy Iggy Pop likes your music and stuff, and uh, I, yeah, I did a duet with Willie Nelson. Um, played with Double Trouble, Stevie Ray Vaughan's band. Oh, um, wow. Played the the Olympics, the uh, 2010 Olympics. I played the closing ceremonies with a couple um, young young ladies there, and uh, yeah, just been um, pursuing artistic endeavors my whole life. And when uh, I was looking for some technology to catch up to my ideas in music, I said, well, I'm going to learn about racing cars. And that's when I started to get into Thunderstocks about t- 2011, 2010, 2011 is when I was like looking for some more innovative things that were affordable in, in the industry. So I was able to... Uh, play with tracks and in-ear monitors and stuff. So, and and I didn't have everything that was affordable back in 2010. So I was like, ah, I'll just go racing and wait for it to get there. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. So Thunderstocks, is that like kind of a a street stock, pure stock type of class with like a stock chassis? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, just a street stock. I was like uh, these Monte Carlo Oldsmobile GM bodies. Yeah. Yeah. We were just racing those with uh crates or spec engines and and yeah. just yeah just having a good time with those <laughs> nice nice how many uh, years did you stay in that class um it was t- 2011 12 30 40 probably 
you know, to about 16. Um, so maybe five years, six years. Yeah. And uh, then, then we went into these uh, crate sprints, which uh, Glenn Styers uh, and his team uh, created, put a, a crate sprint into a, a sprint car chassis and made it a little bit more affordable and a stepping stone into a 360 class. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's an interesting thing. You know, actually, one of our most recent guests here is uh, the guy who runs, uh, he runs Outlaw Sprints uh, quite a bit. And just the sheer money that goes into the engine program for those cars is just ridiculous. Like for a 410 engine, it's just unspeakable amounts of money. But when you look at the rest of a sprint car, you know, you're not looking at that much more technology. You know, you spend good money on shocks, but the rest of it, the chassis haven't changed in like 30 years, you know, 25 right. years. So right, if, right. if you could just find a way to get that engine cost under control and keep the racing good, uh, you have a great solution, which it sounds like uh, something that Glenn has done. Yeah, the 410 program. What was the cost on that? Is like the what's the US? Was it US cost? 60, 63,000 US was the number I yeah. was told. Yeah, so see, you look at that, and even a good 360 motor, you're looking at 40,000 US, and, and yeah. that's like just ridiculous. Yeah, so who and, has and, that money? And, and down here on the crates, you're spending maybe 15,000 Canadian for one that's converted to methanol and we're doing four barrel carburetors. So it's, it's a little bit more affordable. You get the same thrills. Um, but, uh, until you could get the money to, to fork over, you know, 60, 70 grand American for, for a 410 motor, you know, it's, this is the best, next best thing. Yeah, no doubt. There's just such a huge gap there. And I mean, if you got the average fan in the stands, they, They'd probably have a hard time telling the two apart, you know? So that's what really it's about at the end of the day is, are we making an entertaining show? Does it matter if the engines are worth 60 grand or 20 grand, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But, you know, it's something to be said about seeing these guys that can handle these 1,000 horsepower beasts and these 1,400-pound things. So, I mean, that's the... You, you you look at the Brad Sweets and the Shotses and, and the Larsons and people like that, and you just go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is something to watch, isn't it? It is. It's absolutely poetry in motion. Yeah. You guys uh, have the opportunity to be uh, treated to, to see the uh, World of Outlaws. They come there once or twice a year? They were coming once a year there until we got rained out and, and then things started happening with them getting across the border. So it got a little oh, bit yeah. tougher. So, but uh, yeah, we had some really great races there. We've had, uh, you know, Tony Stewart winning his first race uh, for the World of Outlaws at Ashwigan Speedway. Um, we've had uh, like uh, 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 Logan Shushart, Shushart, Shushart. I can't, I can't, I can't pronounce that one. <laughs> Logan, he he won his. Uh, he, he won a race there as well in the four tens in the World of Outlaws. I mean, I've seen all those races, and they're just incredible to watch. How, and Schwegen gets really, really, really slick, and seeing these guys with their throttle control on those four tens is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, it's something to see for sure. So what uh, was it watching the sprint cars at that track that made you really want to try it out? Or were you, did somebody kind of push you in that direction or what, uh, you know, what was the tipping point for you to decide to go open wheel? 
Yeah, well, I I started racing those street stocks, and yeah. I, I I got the bug to want to go faster. And you know, I was maybe a season into street stocks, and my uncle tells me that my grandfather used to race midget cars on board tracks after World War II because he was over Lancaster bomber uh, doing missions over in Britain on with those. So coming back home, he wasn't getting the kick that he needed. He needed the adrenaline rush. So he was, so he said, I'm going to go go race midget cars to his wife. So he went down to the States and did that. And 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 that and now look at me, I'm doing these, these crate sprints. And it's just like, you know, it's just always been in my blood. I've always been in motorsports uh, gearhead. I've, I've always been into motorcycles or whatever can, can make a go. You know, I, I just yeah. like everything with speed that is insane those board tracks like those guys were just that was ridiculous that kind right of yeah just get a little bit of wet on them and then they're slick as heck and you're oh, you're God. man yeah no it's uh it's something well they stopped racing on them because they built them and they were running on them for a while and then they started like breaking so you know, you'd like hit something and then the cars would just break through the track and it was, oh, it was just disastrous. Like it was just, it was crazy. But I mean, if you were crazy enough to do it, you probably didn't care, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These guys are next level, next level stuff. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that is, that is very cool. <laughs> Man, that's uh wild. So you uh, do you run mostly at Ish weekend, or do you uh, do you travel around a little bit? There, there's a few. Yeah, things. there's a a huge uh, motorsports uh, a family in southern Ontario here, so we have a, a couple more uh, tracks available, like Merrittville and Humberstone, and uh, there's a, a Southern Ontario Speedway. I do believe that was done by Chatham there. In Ontario, uh, Brighton, we've got uh, Brockville has got another speedway going there. Um, and the Crate Sprints have actually gone over into Quebec. So the Quebec people, uh, uh, racing organizations have adopted Glenn's rules. So we're starting to be able to race each other in different regions as well. So looking forward to that. Hopefully in the future, once the pandemic's over and we're able to... Uh, hang out with each other but yeah i haven't gone to any yet just to schwiegen um but um i did race humberstone in in a thunderstock but i i plan on getting to merrittville june 19th where i have a practice i do believe they're opening up the track for that oh excellent it's uh it's good it's uh this is going to be a fun summer i think with everything opening back up and getting the opportunity to you know get back out there and uh and do all the things that we used to do and see each other again it's it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be good to sling some laps and, and feel this car again and try and see what this uh, simulation uh, iRacing stuff translates from uh, that to real life. I don't know. Do you guys know what that's, that transition's like? Yeah, well, uh, I've never actually, I've never raced a sprint car, but I've tried to drive one on iRacing. And if they're anything like the real thing, then they're pretty much impossible to drive. So... <laughs> <laughs> I never even bothered to purchase the sprint car on dirt because I couldn't even get a limited late model to go around the track. Oh, man. 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what this translates because some people say it translates well, some people say it doesn't. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if it actually does. But I found that that helps me a lot. Just to you don't you don't get any seat time any other way. So to have some even semblance of seat time, I'm thinking it's going to help a little bit. I think there's one, if there's one thing I learned from the dirt track on iRacing is that if you're a sprint car driver in real life and you decide to run street stock dirt on iRacing, you're going to be really bad at racing a street stock in iRacing. Uh, that's just that's real experience from one of our previous guests. Uh, <laughs> Got to get our, our jabs in at him when we can. He did improve. He did improve. Don't get me wrong. But it was a rough first few weeks. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah no, it usually I, is. I think that, uh, you know, as far as that the simulation of it goes, you know, it's probably not going to teach you anything car control wise, but it definitely is a good place to work on your racecraft. You know, the, the starts and racing each other and moving around a little bit, you know, that that all transfers over because you're racing somebody in real life. Right. It's real people. So, uh, you know, it's probably a good way to stay sharp that way for sure. Yeah, I, I, I always I'm just curious to see. You always got to kind of set your own gyroscopes and have your own feel and understand your for yourself what's happening around you. So it's it, it, it's quite fascinating to me. So we'll see what happens this year. I'm glad I'm excited to get in the car. Yeah, yeah, definitely Been itching to get out there too. Well, why don't we, uh, Eric? Would you like to move? Should we move into the misfire round? Absolutely. Oh. Great. Now, Derek, I don't know if you ever heard of our misfire round, but I'll give you a little bit of a rules synopsis here. So it's 10 questions. <clears throat> the, it's one or the other. Now, you can't choose both, and you can't say neither nor. Oh, man. It has to be one or the other. Really don't think about it. It's just kind of a bam, bam. Let's see how much fun uh, we can get for answers. However, we do oh, have God. permission as the hosts to ask you questions, follow-up questions from the original answer that you had. So please be prepared for that in the uh, in the misfire round. All right, you ready? Oh, I guess. All right, number one, Days of Thunder or Talladega Nights? Days of Thunder. Number two, Dry or Tacky? <laughs> tacky. Number three, East Coast or West Coast? Oh, man, East Coast. Number four, Racquetball or Tennis? Tennis. Number five, V8 or V12? Oh, V8. Number six, thunderstorms or sunshine? Uh, sunshine. Number seven, runner-up or third place? <laughs> runner-up. <laughs> Number eight, fall <laughs> or spring? Spring. Number nine, guitar or drums? Guitar. Number 10, fries with or without gravy? With. There you have it, the misfire round. Whew. Right on. Yeah, you're I, in the I hot feel, seat. I, I feel so exposed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked how you uh, you really thought about saying runner up there. That's. Uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I've said before, I'd rather not even be close to the win than to be leading and then lose it right at the end. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that just hurts too much. <laughs> I'd rather finish sixth, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, so Weekend Speedway, I've heard nothing but great things about the place. Uh, and, and, you know, you've already talked a little bit about the owner, uh, Glenn Styers. Do you, uh, do you know him personally? 
Yeah, I, I I know Glenn quite a bit. Um, we go hang out at uh, some Daytona 500s, and uh, I was with him when he won King of the 360s in Tampa Bay with him and his team. That was a pretty special night to come from the sea main, and he won the whole thing. That was a pretty Holy in the last smoke. in the last corner and the last and last yeah last lap last corner. It was absolutely. Uh, Cinderella story situation and he fought really hard through that so it was awesome to see him get one of the biggest wins of his life and in in his career and uh, yeah so we we hang out quite a bit whenever we can I mean he's a busy guy he's got so many businesses and he's got so much going on and um, I'm just so grateful that he's uh, always bringing um, talent like Christopher Bell and and Kyle Larson and, and Casey Kane, Tony Stewart, Rico Abreu to the track. So we get to watch these guys duel it out. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. That is awesome. He uh, he seems like quite the character, you know, just going through his, his Twitter feed. His, one of his running jokes is anytime he sees the number 14 anywhere, he just <laughs> takes a picture of it and tweets it out and just says number 14, <laughs> Tony Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time. Is yeah. there like is there a backstory to that or is that just like a goofy oh, kind of thing he does? You know, like Glenn just really admires these racers and, and Tony Stewart's is one of his big ones and being able to race against him was one of his heroes was a was a great experience for Glenn. So and that now that he knows all these you know racers personally and he I think it just gets a kick out of, you know, knowing him and being part of that, you know, it's, he's, he's, he is quite the character, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that facility that he's built, like, for uh, for those who, who aren't aware, it's uh, it's probably the coolest setup I've ever seen for a sprint car track and, and really the only way it should be done going forward. So they've got this uh, nice three-eighths mile, uh, you know, clay. It's kind of medium banked, right? And yeah, then, uh, yeah, but... yeah, and then, uh, but outside the pit area, they have just a little. It's almost like a go kart track that they use for push starting the sprints and getting them lined up. And yeah. then, then they get them once they're all lined up. Then they bring them out onto the racetrack and they take the green like that. That is that improves the show so much because it's one of the biggest complaints we hear from people who aren't that big of sprint car fans is just that. Man, it's just it's so slow to get them going. You got to push start them all the time, and they they just they feel like it kills the momentum of the show. So uh, that's just a, such an awesome layout. And what, what's it like for you to be able to race at such a nice place? Uh, we're spoiled. We're really spoiled. And and yeah, having that push track and getting us going and warming, putting some heat in the engines before we go to is a really good thing. And yeah, it should be only done like that to try and speed up the show because it, that's one of the things with. Uh, dirt track racing that can be improved on but it's it's difficult to keep the speed of the show going and keep everybody's interests up it, it can you don't want to have a lull at all but uh, it happens but uh, yeah it's and, and Schwiegen is um <laughs> really spoiled they, they got some uh, new walls put up on the front stretch and the back stretch and make sure it got uh, some angle on it so the cars can't crawl over the the fence and um, they're putting some VIP suites up there so people can come and feel more VIP if they want, I guess. And um, great grandstands. We got uh, more grandstand uh, features coming on the front because he, he bought the lumber yard in front of the, his track. So now he's got that open for him. 
Um, he's got more parking and camping grounds going in still. And hopefully uh, we can get the world of outlaws back as soon as this pandemic's over too. Uh, that's fantastic. It's good to see uh, a place doing well and, you know, looking towards the future here when things get going again. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you can to keep this, this sport that we love going. And then, and, and yeah, Glenn does his best to, to keep and do his part to keep this sport that we love alive. So kudos to him. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, it's always just a, a small handful of people that do the vast majority of the work to make these things happen. You know, whether yeah. it's, uh, well, like my, my co-host here, Anthony, I mean, the guy moved into a town that didn't have a track, so we built one, you know, <laughs> That's there's, right. That's there's right. people who, who just, they, they bend over backwards to make it happen. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's not easy to run a race car either, but, uh, we wouldn't have anywhere to race if it weren't for guys like that. So hats off to them. Right on. Yeah. That's awesome. Anthony built a track. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you, I grew up uh, literally seeing the racetrack in my hometown through the, the living room window. So it, uh, it was kind of <clears throat> when I moved, it was kind of, I know, what are we interviewing me now? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but when I moved, I was first thing I thought was, uh, I can't live in a town without a racetrack. So that's what we did. <laughs> nice. So I guess what's the, uh, you know, that, the sense of accomplishment of getting a picking up a Juno award. And by the way, you're not even the first uh, Juno award winner on this podcast. Did you know that Anthony? Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh. Oh, hang on. Wait, I might be lying here. Are you, do you know, Troy Westwood at all? Derek? Yeah, I know Troy. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had Troy on a few episodes back. Just an absolute beauty. Great guy. Nice. Right on. Yeah. Troy's a beauty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, so to be, uh, you know, to, to pick that up, um, and then having some success in racing, like what's, how does that compare? Is it, is it totally different? Like that feeling you get before you're about to go on stage or before you're about to go on the track, are those different or the same? How, tell us about that. Yeah, a little different with the race car. I would seem just because there's a little bit more at stake physically per se, but uh, just the, the, the will to perform and, and the nerves to perform are kind of the same. You got a little knot in your belly um but yeah it, it has never gone away um in either thing like you even just get a not just before you you get pushed off but you know once you get going everything goes away right so it's just weird the same thing with guitar and playing a show you, you get that little knot and then as soon as you play your first note it's just gone and you're just you're gone into another spot so the performance mode so it's just a yeah maintaining focus and uh, it, it's, it's, it's the same and, but different. And, uh, it's, it's really cool though. Either way, like rocking out or, or racing the car is, is really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a lot of people's dream to be able to go on the road and, and do either of those. So it's pretty cool that you get to do both. Yeah, well, I'm I'm hoping for more success with the racing. You know, this coming up uh, couple seasons here, uh, but uh, you know, hopefully one of these days, you know, we'll like, we'll get into victory lane really really soon. <laughs> right on. Well, Anthony, is it time for the uh, in the driver's seat? It's time for whatever you want it to be, Eric. If that's what you think it's time for, let's do it. <laughs> all right. Well, feel like this is it's, the time is right. The time is always right when someone calls my name. All right, let's go. 
Let's go at this in the driver's seat. It's six questions. These are longer answer questions. You don't have to just speed of response. You can answer any way you like in any length you like. And uh, just, you know, take it however you need to take it. And, um, and let's have fun with this. So in the driver's seat, six questions with number one. Which driver do you have the most fun racing against? Oh, wow. Um, oh, I'm sorry to tell you these are also harder questions. <laughs> this is a harder question. I mean, I I used to, I mean, who do I like racing against? I, I like my, the Hills Brothers. On, on the, We pit right next to each other. Everybody that I'm pitting right next to, Johnny Miller and jesse mcdonald and the hill brothers that I, I like racing against all those guys because we all just get along and, and yuck it up so yeah just my fellow crate drivers I, I they're they're all a good bunch everybody's pretty respectful and uh um good sportsmen <laughs> nice. and and ladies sports ladies Whoa. yeah well, it's good to have a, a good shout out for sure number two what went through your mind the first time you jumped into a car and started your first race Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what was going on in your head right there. Uh, just like, what the hell is going on here? Um, uh, it was exhilarating at the same time. You know, you just put the hammer down all the way to the board and it, it's encouraged to go as fast as you can. It's it's an exhilarating feeling and with uh, a bunch of other crazy suicidal maniacs doing the same thing with you. It's a uh, a quite a cacophonous symphony, I tell you, and, and quite fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Number three, if you went three wide with a lap to go, which spot would you prefer to be in, inside, middle, or outside, and why? Just outside, I think. Just uh, It seems like there's more you can dipsy-doodle if I can dive down if I need to, or I can, you know, just keep it to the board and try and uh, – get the momentum up on the outside as well if it's got a good cushion on it or even if it doesn't just try and just nail it nice number four what do you do in the car just before you drive out of the pit stall or in this case get pushed out of the pit stall yeah what do i do you just uh I put down my visor and and as soon as i start moving everything disappears like i just focus on um making sure i can you know, do my best to get the car home in one piece and hopefully in the best position possible. So it just, uh, yeah, focus, just focus comes in at that point. When the driver, when the visor drops, it's, it's game on. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That is one of the shortest, most focused response I've ever heard when asking that question. <laughs> nice. You're doing pretty good there. Well, usually Remember? most of our guests like have some form of ADHD and they like sit there and fidget <laughs> yeah. and Twitch and do all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> His visor down, I go. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, number five. What race would you consider the one that got away? Oh man, I don't. Tell us a story. Uh, no, you know what? I have not had a race just go away on me yet. Like, and and I know the. That's just the way that racing goes is the ups and downs, and I'll have that, I'm sure, but uh, just have not been in in it long enough to have that type of heartbreak, and it hopefully never does, but, you know, that's the nature of racing. So I haven't had one that got away per se yet. All right, and number six, if you could sit down with one or three people from any time in motorsports, what would it? Be, who would it be and why? Oh, man. 
That's so many. Like, there's just so many, like, I'd love to talk to about whatever. I mean, from, like, Andretti, Mario Andretti to, you know, Ayrton Senna to, like, uh, Tim Richmond, you know, and, like, stuff like that. Or, that's, you a know, good, you know, it, that's a good trio right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good one. Yeah. Oh, man. Those guys can tell stories, I bet. Yeah, I mean, it would be a, 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 good, uh, a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Tim Richmond ever had a bad time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the, the type of, yeah, you'd like to, to know what the heck. <laughs> nice. That's it. That is in the driver's seat. Thank you so much. Yay, in the driver's seat. Yay. <laughs> right on. It's bench racing so- radio bench racing radio when did this start when was this happening I, I didn't do my research on when you started when did you start last uh, uh, about 600 years ago <laughs> sitting on a bench no it was january we started in january nice yeah. and that's awesome thanks for having us on and getting us out and letting oh, the people know about friday night thunder yeah we're, we're, we're actually done, just going to yeah. touch on that real quick here uh, before we're done so so yeah, you're uh, you know you're you're one of the stars of the show Friday Night Thunder on uh, APTN. Tell us a bit about how that all came about. Like, did, were you involved in trying to sell the show, or did they come to you and want you on it? How did that go? Yeah, well, um, I've been friends with the the producer um, Laura Milliken from Big Soul Productions for for a long time. I mean, we've done some shows together in the past, and um, I, we just were talking one day and and the the aptn was looking for some more content and uh i was you know just mad about racing like i'm always talking about racing always watching racing no matter if it's asphalt uh planes boats anything motorcycles scooters you know whatever lawnmowers watch it whatever race like horses yeah. <laughs> watch paint drops race it bet <laughs> on it whatever but uh it just into that so um she got interested in in the the track because she would come check out the track uh, at a Schwegen speedway and one of the the um, tv um people at aptn at the time really liked the idea of, of the sprint car racing and um uh, we pitched an idea and was able to get a, a season going and was able to get the 2019 season taped. And that's what you're able to watch now. And um, was really fortunate to uh, have Laura come at it with a new approach and kind of give a more human aspect and human side to dirt track racing and show that there's more to to it than 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 what is, you know, the, the usual perception. So um, it's really a, a, a look at the community, Six Nations, uh, sprint car racing uh, in the community and, and how that uh, ha- has helped uh, uh, relationships with other communities and the non- non-Indigenous communities and, and how we all just come together and enjoy the sport and, 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 and enjoy um the, the dirt track racing it's uh, like we said in earlier in the show it's uh, such a beautiful thing so we want to showcase that and and try and promote the sport as best as we could <laughs>
Yeah, no, that is uh, that that's so cool that that angle too of you know all the all the drivers on the show are, are indigenous and and uh, you know are out there competing. You know, are you guys kind of all like together like a team, or do you all come from different different areas? Don't really did you all know each other before the show, kind of thing? Or? Yeah, we we kind of all know each other, but you know, like, but we all live in different spots and have different teams and and okay. race with different teams, so um, we're still competing against each other as well. And yeah, it's uh, um, some of us are teammates as well, but um, for the most part, we're all out there, and it's every man for the or every woman for themselves. Yeah, no, it's that's always the way it goes. Once. Uh... What's the green flag? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, so that's so is it kind of uh you know, they, they chronicle what happened at that race and then they go back to the shop with you and, and chat with you a little bit in the week off and then just sort of a, an episodic uh run through the season like that? Is that sort of the way it runs through? Yeah, and it, it showcases the family history of the racers and who came before them and and how the car culture affected them growing up and and uh, all that sort of stuff as well. So at, we're starting to look at uh, um, more of the setup of the car and uh, getting more knowledge to the people to understand sprint car racing as a whole so you can create more knowledgeable fans. And people who know more about the sport tend to like the sport better. So uh, if you can educate people, it's it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, you know that's I I agree with that. Uh, that's something. One time, me and Anthony were talking about that about this show. We wanted to do a little bit of education, or well, Anthony brought me the idea, and as a racer, I was like, ah, everybody knows all the all sorts of stuff about this already. And then I realized, well, no, actually, they they don't, and it, it would actually be a really good thing to be able to to educate the fans a little bit more about uh, about what more goes into it and showing them a little bit more behind the scenes. So. That's, yeah, because uh, really some, cool. some, some of that uh, stuff with uh, dirt track racing and, and sprint car racing is is the guessing part. Uh, that a lot of people don't know that like the best guesser usually wins. And what we mean by that is you're like throwing a setup at your car with your you know what you think is going to work during that race, and and maybe it slickens up later in the race too. So you're maybe aiming for that later down down the in the race so a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot more to it than just slapping on some tires and and shocks and getting out there and and, and a sit-up is you know it's there's some complex stuff going on so if you can try and educate people with that sort of stuff i mean it, it gives them a little bit more intrigue and and, and know-how about what's happening yeah and well, the, the simplicity of those cars is is deceiving because it's really small. Once you get to such a limited number of things, you know, it's not like a late model or a modified where you can move bar angles all over the place and move all kinds of stuff all over. It's all right there. You can see everything you can adjust. And uh, it's getting those tiny adjustments perfect is the, the difference between a good car and a bad car, right? Right. So and the window is so small sometimes and it's just... Uh like a, a big guessing game sometimes you just like it might change weather a little bit and the track changes some way and then next thing you know you got a good setup and you're able to go to the front so it's just you just never know sometimes how how a, a car is going to react to yeah oh, that's uh 
That's very, very true. That's cool. So you guys, season one is up right now. They're, they're running on Friday nights. Uh, Friday nights are is your race night at, uh, at each weekend, is it not? Yeah, Friday night is the race night, and it's running a Friday nights on APTN at 8 p.m. Eastern on APTN Lumi as well. Excellent. Yeah, I know. We will uh, We'll have to spread the word about that and have to tune in and, uh, and catch some of these episodes because it seems like it's a really well-put-together show. You guys look like you did an awesome job with it. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, we're looking excited for the, the next part of the season coming up where there's some more good crashing, and uh, we have Rico and Chris – Christopher Bell on the show as well. So you get to see those guys race. Oh, that is, that's cool. Right on. Well, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking some time to, uh, to sit down and chat with us, man. This is awesome. We're, uh, excited for your upcoming season. Whenever you guys are able to get going, do you kind of, do you know when that's looking like right now? Yeah, we're looking at June 19th for test and tune at Merrittville. And then we're supposed to race for the crate sprints on July 10th, I do believe. Uh, for the action sprint tour in Ontario, powered by Pinties and the Knights of Thunder, the 360s will be also running that night at Merrittville on July 10th. Oh, excellent! Yeah, well, that's that's good, man. I, I'm excited for you. You're uh, that's that's great. Can't can't wait to get back out there and hope you uh, you tear it up out there and get some checkered yeah, flags. Good luck. Thank you very much, fellas. Thanks for having me, and thanks for doing this for the dirt tracking community, and all the best for the future. Cheers. Thank you for uh, for coming on. Right on. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to Bench Racing Radio. It's great to have you back once again. Are you preparing for the 2021 season? We most certainly are. So be sure to check out a local speedway near you, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Bench Racing Radio. Thanks for listening to Bench Racing Radio. Like and follow our social media handles. Facebook at Bench Racing Radio. Twitter at Bench Racing Rat 1. Or Instagram at Bench Racing Radio.